It's kind of like magic tricks. Well, the reason it is like magic tricks is because um, you can, there are things that you can do that are very simple that have a great response for yourself individually and for others. And then there are other things that are super hard that take a lot more dexterity and an effort, but doesn't always get any greater response. All right, welcome to the podcast. This is And If Love Remains. I am very excited to have in studio today, Mr. Mark Arnett. Uh, Mark is uh, uh, a new friend. Yeah. Just getting to know him. Um, from this morning. From this morning, yeah. that's right. Yeah, that's great. It is fun. And we are a uh, little bit that, that I know about Mark. I know that uh, he's an attorney by trade. Uh, but he's like, well, you just lost most of your audience. I know, right, right there. there. Boom, shakalaka. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but he's a very creative guy. I'll tell you, um, he's got uh, um, uh, he's got, an, I believe, a award winning documentary that he did on his father. That's true. That's true. So maybe at some point, you know, maybe not today, but at some point, we'd love to talk about that. Yeah. He's also uh, a musician. Yeah. He uh, is also. Uh, the the co-host of a very popular podcast, Story Babble. Yep, with my friend Brian Nissen. Oh, yeah. right on. And um, that is uh, that that's been a fun thing to listen to as well. Is take a listen to oh, thanks, Story man. Babble. Um, and uh, man, and I know he's he's been part of a lot of live productions, um, a lot of live shows. Um, Man, anything else I need to add to that? No, you pretty much summed it up. I, I you know, um, my, a little bit more about my background, though. Yeah. Maybe I, I grew up here in Mesa, Arizona, and um, I, when at an early age, took up magic. No way. Yeah, I was a magician for a long time. In fact, I, I earned my way through college doing magic shows. Are you kidding yeah, me? That's what I did because I liked, uh, you know, entertaining people. This is just I don't know something about it. I really enjoyed it, but I, I, I approached magic the same way I do music, and that is if a trick was really hard uh, and there was an easier trick that got the same response, right. I would do the one that was easy. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? So, oh, it's all, that's right. Yeah, so why, I mean, why would I spend the extra time and effort to learn something hard when easy would work just as well? Uh, yeah, no, that's yeah. beautiful. That, yeah. That's a good philosophy of life, I think. Well, it, it, I don't know if it's a good philosophy <laughs> of life. I mean, I'm, look, I, I listened to your podcast the last week. was the second part yeah. of Dr. Elias. Elias, yeah. yeah. And I'm telling you, I don't hang with that guy. He is way, <laughs> way different than I am. He's He is... Um, He's, he's far more into music than, than I could ever be. Although I am a doctor because I did go to law school. That's true. And, you know, doc, uh, lawyers didn't used to be uh, doctors. They used to not get doctor degrees. They used to get what's called a master's in law, an, oh. an LLM or something like that. And um, But then they got tired of taking depositions of doctors and having those doctors um, have, re- make them call them doctors. Refer them to doctors. Yeah. <laughs> So they became doctors themselves. And so now when you become a lawyer, you get a doctorate degree, but you don't make anybody except another 
doctor in a deposition call you doctor. That's that, pretty much the only time you do it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, so I um, did magic for quite a while, and then I also did some acting in high school and uh, some other things and just kind of enjoyed being in front of people. And the whole creative process is I, I, I tell people I have an addiction to creativity because there's something about creating something that just makes me come alive. Yeah. I don't know about you, Mike. I'm assuming it's the same for you because I'm, I'm here in your studio and I'm looking around going, yep, he's got all the signs yes. of a creative addiction. <laughs> it's hard, isn't it, it? It is hard. It is hard because it's, it is a never-ending process. And you have to love that process of creation, but you also have to know how to finish. And that's, I think, where I, along with a lot of creative people, struggle with is, you know, how do you know when something's done? How do you know when you just got to let it go? Let it go. Exactly. (laughs) No, that is the biggest problem that every creative person faces, largely because it is impossible for anyone who is very creative to finish everything. Right. You just can't. it, It can't be done. Your mind can work faster than your body can. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so there's just no way of getting everything done. But you do need to do a few th- get a few things done occasionally, or you'll start to get very depressed. Well, the, the, that's where I think the, the, the craft helps you, because it does, you know, knowing a craft, knowing how a structure is supposed to set up can help you put limits on where beginnings and endings are yeah, and can, can exactly. help you through that process. Um, and, and it's funny, we were talking earlier, um, and you mentioned, you know, uh, uh, talking about my friend Elias and, and, you know, that guy is, is on a different level. I, I, I did a master class with him and, um, and I remember we spent probably 40 minutes on one note. It was just one of the most amazing experiences <laughs> for me because it, he, he was teaching me how I should hear, how I should play and how I should respect how, um, the context of the music and how it's played. And, and, um, it was quite a, it was, it was a lot of fun, but, but, and so, and, and I say that to say that when we were talking, you mentioned how you're, you know, a hack musician. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, totally. And I, but the, the truth is like, I think we're all kind of hacks. Like what is a, what's a life hack? What's a, what is a hack? It's something being able to take the resources that you have and making the absolute most of it. Well, you're making it sound good. That's it good, is Mike. good. I'm glad you put a positive spin <laughs> on that because, um, you know, it, it's difficult uh, for a creative person to run up against those limits and realize just how, you know, much they don't have the talent that they wish that they had. It's always difficult. And it, everybody, and, and what's amazing to me is I've met some really, really talented people and a lot of them still struggle with uh, wishing that they had more talent than yeah. the talent that they have. Um, so w- what happened to me was... I went after I went to law school. I went to work for a big law firm in Phoenix, and I lasted there for about a year. And then I went out on my own and was um, doing my own practice. And then my brother left his practice and and joined with me, and we practiced for together for about thirty years now at Arnett and Arnett. And we do insurance work, and I really enjoy it. And Wayne's a really great lawyer, and just taught me a and lot. And a big of Beatles the, fan. And a big Beatles fan. Well, but the thing <laughs> is, is that when we, so we decided to get together. We tried this case together uh, right after I left this large firm. And so he said, hey, come try this case with me. And I went and we had a really good time trying this case together. And we made a lot of money in that case. So uh, it was like um, just fun. And so he said, hey, let's get together and practice together. And so a couple of years later, we did that. Well, um, when we got together, he had some rules. Yeah. And one of the rules was I had to play in his band. Now, you know, I was like 30 some odd years old and well, probably 30 and I had never done that. I mean, I had played trombone in 
you know, elementary school because the teacher wanted me to play trombone. So I learned the bass clef. I still don't know. To this day, standing here in this room in front of a keyboard with you, I still don't know how to read music in the treble clef. I just can't, I don't even know. I can't even do it. That's I don't, amazing. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, it just, uh, now, I, when I say I don't know how to read music, of course I know how to read music. I mean, I understand the theory and the concepts. Right. And I could, you know, if I'd given enough time and a pencil and paper, I could, you know, I could figure out, okay, which note is on, on right, the keyboard. Right, to be able to, to sit there and read it like a book, to be able to sit there and, and, uh, and, extrapolate it on the fly, if you will. Yeah, I actually see the notes and then play them. I yeah. cannot do that. That is not in my skill set. But my brother said, hey, you don't have to worry about it. Just get yourself a keyboard and, and you can play keyboards in our band. And I said, okay. And he, he taught me a little bit, um, a, a way to fake my way through. And so I, be, I have become a keyboard player who fakes his way through being a musician. And I've done this for 30 years now. And I actually started another band uh, with some other friends of mine who are still playing together. And I play keyboards in a band. And, um, you know, it's surprising to me because I have no credentials for that, nor background. But, you know, the truth is what I found out is kind of like magic tricks. That is right? funny. I, that's that's beautiful. Go, yeah. Tell me why you say that. Well, the reason it's like magic tricks is because... Um, you can, there are things that you can do that are very simple that have a great response uh -huh. for yourself individually and for others. And then there are other things that are super hard that take a lot more dexterity and an effort, but doesn't always get any greater response. Does that make sense from the crowd? Sure. So if you're going to play, you know, like we had a, our band played cover songs of, you know, classic uh, rock and there are three chord songs. Yeah, you know, you learn the three chords and you just you, you, you go, you, you go. Three and the, chords in a dream, baby. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, and so what I learned was that when I started playing, there was keyboards out there that you could transpose. And so what I did is I learned all of my licks in the key of C. That's it. <laughs> I don't know anything. I everything I play is in the key of C, and then I just turn the dial on the keyboard to That's make it so whatever brilliant. else it is. Because I'm not going to spend. I don't have the time. Right. to spend to learn the blue scale in every key. I'm just not, that That's, isn't going to, not going to happen for me. And then once you learn it in one key, you know, it just seems if I can turn a knob and get all the other keys, why would I learn it in the other keys? Right. I'm not going to do that. That is brilliant. That really is because I think, um, a lot of people, so, so I do teach piano and, uh, I'll have a lot of my students' parents say, I wish I could play the piano. I wish I didn't quit. You know, I wish that name, favorite, you know, instrument that I haven't played right. or that I quit and, and, and gave up on. Wish I never did that. And what I love about what you're saying is that these ideas, like you can you can play and you can sound the way you want to sound. You can play the you can play the music you want to play. And with the with the technology, it allows you to the freedom to do exactly what you want to do, which is play tunes that you know and love. Absolutely. And so, you know, I'm a person who thinks they can do anything, by yeah. the way. I think they teach that in law school, to be honest <laughs> with you. I, I think there's a class in that. <laughs> Lawyers and doctors have that same thing. I yeah, think. <laughs> I know. It's um, um, overconfidence 101, I think, was uh, one of the classes that they teach. Um, I got high marks and arrogance as well. Um, yeah, no, you, I mean, you, you start to, when you over learn certain things, you think you can learn anything. And so I got a bunch of books on it and I read some stuff and I, I did what I could and then I just started playing, you know, that's and, the best way to do it. Yeah. And playing, you, 
will teach you a lot. Well, and there's nothing like playing with other people too. That'll teach you more than, um, more than a lot will because, because you have to stay in time. You have to stay right. with them. You have to learn how to listen to other people. You learn how to, how to arrange music, all that you're like doing it right. quick, 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 quick. Right. Here we go. You know? And since I had never had a piano lesson per se from anyone, and this was before you know YouTube, which you can do now and get on and get all kinds of lessons from people, um, you know, I just kind of had to p pick it up. And as you said, you know, you kind of learn by doing. But there are a couple things that my brother taught me. Okay, first of all, my brother plays bass, uh -huh. and so he did not want me in the band to play with my left hand. <laughs> get out of my range. Get out of my range. Get out of. <laughs> don't be playing anything down there. Yeah. So I have my left hand. Just you know, when it goes to gigs, it rides the volume fader a little bit. That's what it, my left hand does. Okay. It doesn't do much at all in this in this whole thing. And so my right hand is, and that makes it easier too. By the way. Yeah. This whole right hand, left hand thing, I don't know, it's difficult. Well, especially if you're right handed. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> but the but the problem that I see in classically training people to play the piano and paying their real dues to be able to read music and play is that they miss out on a lot of what I would call play. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not playing, they're mimicking, right? And they're trying to play back what somebody else probably probably played right. in the sense that they were goofing off and they came up with something and thought this was good and wrote it down. And now other people are trying to do exactly that. Right. And, and it just seems weird to me because there's so much in music that is, it's just goofing off. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, um, that, it does make sense. And that, and it, there, there is a reason why we say we play music. We don't work music. We play it. Right. You know, you have to work at it sometimes, but it's, it's about the joy of the experience, you know? Now, it may, it may, yeah, it may seem like I am bad mouthing people who, you know, actually work on this. It, that's not true. I mean, I have a lot of respect for people who really know their craft, and I kind of wish I had that, but I'm not willing to put forth the effort to get that. You yeah, know, it's that concept. So I'm just since since I'm not willing to do it, I I don't resent it or think it's a waste of their time. It's just that I, you know, I got other things I want to do. Right. Too. That's it's not your gig. It's not right. your take. It's not what you want to do. And I think that's. That's the key, and I think you're right about a lot of people. The reason why they quit, the reason why is because they didn't, um, and I hear this a lot, they, they, they didn't like the, the scales, they didn't like to learn, um, they didn't get to play the music that they wanted to play. You know, they were learning right. Mozart or learning Bach, right. and, and didn't appreciate it, which, right. is, which is fine, every, you know, whatever floats your boat. But I don't think you can appreciate it until you're like in your 40s. I really don't. I, I <laughs> something about it. Do that. I don't know. I, you know, can you really get into it? Maybe some kids can. I, I, I couldn't. If, I think I think, you know, it's like the, if you like what you're good at. <laughs> well, that's probably true. But, you know, I've learned to appreciate classical music a lot more as I've gotten older. Right. As younger, it's just all it was just that. It's funny. This is just noise, which is funny because that's what our parents said about our music, right? It just seemed like noise. Just uh, that, yeah, that classical stuff all sounded the same, it's all right? You know, and that's what our parents said about our music. Oh, it just all sounds the same. It's right on. Yeah, <laughs> that's well. And and what I love what you've done is not only have you been able to play in a band, been able to, um, um, you know, play the music that you love, but you've also gone out and you've created your own music. You've right. written your own music. You have a CD. It's called Sugar Cubes. Yeah. How can people get this if they want? This well, CD? I don't know if they want that CD. They're probably gonna have to come see me because I've got a bunch of them. But if, <laughs> if they want to get, it's on Apple Music and all the 
Spotify and okay. all the all the players that are out there that sell music. It's it's out there. It, we live in a great world where you can create a song in your house, put it up on CD Baby, and they will put it out to all the services. They'll collect the royalty monies and and, yeah. and send it to you. And it's just a it's a whole new the barrier is, to entry is so easy now compared to what it used to be. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And that that is I mean the 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 equipment. I mean even in my studio here, the you we could do probably 95 98% of what we're doing here with an iPhone, you yeah. know, and, oh, and, maybe, and maybe a nicer microphone. Right. You know, that's about all you need and you could do almost everything that I'm doing here in my studio. Yeah. And that is that's a wonderful thing for creative people. For for with a computer and uh, some a nice microphone and a few other little goodies, um, you can have a half million dollar studio of, of 20 years ago. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I did. I took a listen to your CD. It was actually I enjoyed it quite a bit. I, I say I say that like I was surprised. <laughs> I didn't mean it that way, but uh, I did enjoy it. It's very eclectic. It's, it is eclectic. It, there's it, there's a lot of different stuff going on. So I can tell it's something that um, maybe came from different times when you were writing music. How do, what was the process of writing this? Well, so what happened was, is that I got interested in recording through, you know, you're playing the band and they, oh, we need a, you know, recording for the band. It's very hard to record a band because you need a multi-track player that will record everybody at once if right. you, to get that live feel. And uh, we did some of that and I tried to learn it. And then I, what I'd learned is that that's just as hard as it, playing an instrument. Recording yeah. is a, it's, 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 it's a every much of an art. Yeah, as as anything else, and lots of things I didn't know, and so I started getting interested in it. And I got Logic Pro with uh -huh. for the Mac, and the thing that's great about Logic Pro for the Mac is that I bought it 15 years ago or whatever, and they keep coming out with updates. They came out with one here last month, and you know everybody else you own software for, they want either a subscription or they want you to you know, pay for every upgrade and Apple just keeps giving and giving and giving with that program. Oh, that's fantastic. And it's free every single time. So you, you're going along and all of a sudden it's, Hey, surprise, here's another, you know, thing that would have cost 150 bucks. That's now yours for free. Right. And, and so, um, logic does an incredible amount of things. And so what happens is I think most musicians do what I do. And that is you get an idea for a song or an idea and you start writing it down and then you come up with these little snippets. Mm-hmm. So your computer is full of like little snippets I made, especially guitar players. I know they have all these little riffs. They come up with a little riff and, and they put it in their computer and they play it and then they loop it around and they say, okay, that sounds really good. I want to make a song out of that. But they never, they never take it to the next level because it just these snippets, right? You know, they can't, you know what I'm talking about? I Mike? do. No, absolutely. You take, um, uh, a lot of times you take these loops right. and, uh, um, and then you use these loops to, either add another loop on top of it you like layer it right or um uh you know you, you you expand upon it maybe take a four beat loop and turn it into a eight beat or 16 beat loop <laughs> right and then you fall in love with it because yep. you say hey this is really great and, and and then all of a sudden you can't make a song out of it because it's only eight bars right you can't loop those eight bars forever and so well, some songs can <laughs> well some songs do that's true but, but, you know, uh, so what happens is it sits, sits there in your computer, but some songs I'm able to, and I still have, I'm just like, I just want you to know that I've got a lot of those in my computer too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like I finish everything, but there came a point in time when just doodling around here and there on different things, I said to myself, you know, I could finish an album. 
Yeah. And then once I decided to do that, then it became a goal. And it took me probably a year, year and a half to actually finish it. Uh, but, I, but I just said, okay, I'm, I'm going to devote my, you know, whole summer mostly uh, the, when I started this uh, to, to see if I can't actually finish an album. So I turned my sights from creating music to finishing the music. And then, it, you know, I was able to get it done. I was pretty proud I actually got it done. Oh, yeah. Because finishing is hard. It's the hardest part, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's the hardest thing of, of anything. And, and, uh, and we talked about that already. But because um, once you're done, especially when you're doing an album, you're not quite done. You have to learn how to master. You have right. to learn how to, you know, all the finishing of the finishing. Oh, yeah. So I finished the album and I would I would master it myself because I'm cheap. And, um, and you know, cause this, you know, you can get other people to master for, it. I, I actually sent one out for mastering and I didn't like it as good as one that I had mastered. So I said, well, forget that. I'm not going to master it anymore. <laughs> so I, I worked on it and then I would put it in my car and I drive around. I think this sounds really good. And then I would take it to my son-in-law and put it in his car and I go, oh crap, this sounds like crap. So I got to go back again. Then I'd make another version and the version that probably that process of just your songs done, recorded, whatever. You're yeah. just trying to, 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 to get it. To, to, to play well in all the different devices, that takes months. That is a hard thing, having to translate from different venues, you know, everything from a studio monitors to a car right. to a, a, an iPhone that's just got a little mono right. you know, speaker on it. All those different devices sound different, and it, it's, that is an art in itself. Yeah. yeah, so you think you have a good mix, but you might have a good mix. Well, I have a really good, this album sounds awesome in my car. Let's just say, <laughs> let's just say that. If you want to hear it, how it's supposed to be heard, it would be in my uh, uh, 2012 uh, convertible Mustang. Yeah, that's where you got to sit. Right. Well, it sounded great in my van. Oh, good. I'm glad, well, I'm glad to hear that. I did the best I could. Now, I look, you know, just like anything, though, I look back and go, oh, I would have done that differently. Oh, okay. A couple songs I can't even hear, listen anymore to, because just they drive me crazy, because I'm like, oh, I should have fixed that. Or, yeah. you know, things like that. But that's the way it was. But the goal of the album was to uh, two things. It's called Sugar Cues because I have a little, I have a little story about Sugar Cues. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's called Sugar Cues because I, I was in junior high school and I was uh, in a science class and they had uh, this teacher got up and had these uh, sugar cubes all out of the table. And so each table, you, you and your lab partner had a bunch of sugar cubes there and and he explained to you that, that that you lived on a planet where you can't communicate with each other okay and you have to create a pyramid that uh, has a base of 10 and then it goes up to one and you have to do it but you have to make it without communicating and if you communicate with anyone at all at any other table or your own partner then you're disqualified and you have to go in the back of the room wow okay so what happens is you start this process, and so we're going, right? You know, we're not going to communicate. We're just going to make it happen, that me, me and my lab partner, and we're going through this whole thing, and she's getting it ready. And all of a sudden, pretty soon, it's very clear that we do not have enough sugar cubes <laughs> to, to, to make this happen. Right. So, you know, I um, now what you're supposed to have learned was you're supposed to pick up your sugar cubes and go to somebody else's table. And start helping them, right? right? But because um, I was thinking about going to law school, I did, that did not occur to me. <laughs> so what I did is I went over to somebody else's table and started taking their <laughs> sugar cubes, okay? Just taking them. Which is probably more like hum real human nature. I guess so. And so I started taking them. And I remember this guy was in a football team, a big guy. And he goes, hey! And then all of a sudden, boom, he was out. 
<laughs> Teacher took him out, took him to the back room after I stole, stole his cues. And then after I did that, a bunch of other people joined my table and our team won. Okay? And then I learned, to my chagrin, that I was supposed to have been helpful. Not, that was the wrong lesson. Not, yeah, the, I got the whole wrong lesson out of it. <laughs> reason i call it sugar clubs is because this on this album what i did is what i what i've learned to do over time is wherever i'm weak on a song or something else is to go get help uh steal from someone else i guess maybe right. is another way to think about it so i had members of my band come i bo both bands come and play on on the album and certain parts that i needed uh, you know i needed a drum part or whatever so like a guy come over and play the drums and I have a friend of mine, uh, Tim Durkin, who plays guitar, and he plays on the, you know, the guitar. And then I found some singers that didn't play in my band that I really like. Um, Emma Nissen is one of the, my favorite all-time singers. and she, yeah, she came, sounds beautiful. She does sound great, yeah. doesn't she? She's got an incredible voice. And, and so she came over, and so I, it was it, uh, kind of a collaborative effort at that point. And then if, if I did You're like Santana. I guess so. <laughs> well, and if a song got was... My, here was my rule. If a song got really good then I would find someone else to sing it because I don't really like my voice. So I would get someone, you know, I'd say, oh, this is a good song. I'll, now I'll look for someone else. But if right. the song isn't quite making it, I'll just sing it myself. That's kind of, I don't know why. But, you know, um, you you learn to collaborate. There was a couple times I even went out on uh, Fiverr. I don't know if you know that. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and got somebody to play. So you just send them the file and then say, I need a bass part that kind of like this. And they send it back and. Oh, that's great. There's a song called uh, Free Yourself, and I wanted a real shredding guitar, and I didn't know anybody could play this, and so um, I sent it off to them, and they sent me all this great stuff back, you know, for like 40 bucks.
That, see, that's the other democratization of music yeah. is, is, you know, not only is there's so many talented people out there that are willing to help you with projects like this, um, you know, that adds, that adds to this whole, there was an idea, um, that, uh, that I've, that I've talked about before about the, the amateur composer and how that's a really unique phenomenon because yeah. the amateur composer doesn't need to make a living from his music. Right. And so they can do things that are just wild and out there. And sometimes that pushes music into a new direction. Yeah. Um, and, and, so, and, but most of all, it allows him to do what he wants to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the, the problem with being a hobbyist like myself is that, uh, you know, 20, 20, 30 years ago, it was very difficult to do. And now it's just so easy to do in a yeah. way. But I do have some advice. I, I, I was talking the other day uh, to someone, I, and I've done this a number of times with individuals. I've said, look, I can, I, I've been pretty successful. I've, I mean, I've played in a couple of bands and actually made money at it. I mean, that, that's the other interesting thing about this hobby versus some of the other hobbies I've had. Um, you can gig out and make a few hundred bucks. I mean, yeah. That that's nice because you can pay for your gear and stuff that way. And I right. I, I think this might be the only hobby that's paid for itself. I'm I'm thinking my all my other ones are just drains, <laughs> you know, in my life. I don't well, know. Do you have that similar experience? I, I have, and it it is true that that music, especially live music, you're able to go out and you can you can make some money, yeah. make some quick bucks, especially if you're playing with people. And um, yeah, it's a it's a great hobby. It's a great way to to spend time. You know. Yeah. And you get really close to the people that you work with. Oh, it's yeah. A, oh, it's just a lot of fun. And you also make a buck or two. And now I don't think you, I think at the moment for me, if I had to do this for a living, I think I would start to resent it and hate it. Right. But if you're just going out every month or two and you make a little few bucks That's, and that helps you buy some new equipment and kind of keeps you going in yeah. the process, it's, it's fun. It's it a fun, is. It's a fun thing to do. I did want to ask you real quick about. Sure. Okay, this one song okay. cracked me up, and I'm not sure what it's even about. Okay. This Froggy Went Accordion. Oh, yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah, so if Froggy Went Accordion, my my grandfather, on his 85th birthday, I think it was Christmas time, my sister had gotten a little cassette player and took it over to his house, and and then he, she was too shy to talk on it, so she got my brother Wayne, and he interviewed her, him, and then he sang Froggy Went Accordion. Okay, <laughs> he sings this song, and so um, I've had it for years. We I made it, pressed it to a CD, gave it to all my friends to have just this the the recording, the actual recording right. from my sister, and it's kind of a treasure in our family because he you know long since passed away. I was twelve years old, I think, when he passed away. I didn't know him that well, and um, but I've learned a lot about him since, uh, which has been great. And so we had this recording, and then one day, you know, I was goofing off as I do sometime in the studio. And I thought, you know, I could repitch this because now we have repitching software, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> We're going to remix this. Thing. We could remix this down. <laughs> I could do a remix of Froggy Went Accordin'. And so I thought, okay, I'll, I'll do this. And so I just started, I started goofing off and it just started coming together and coming together. And I thought, man, I've actually put this to a beat, which, you know, it wasn't recorded. Did he kind of beat? Yeah. Yeah. And so I and I started with the actual recording, so it gives some context for it. And then I just went to town. We're here talking to you at your house on Christmas Day of 1970. Grandpa, how old are you getting to be now? Same age it was a while ago when I told you. <laughs> 85. We understand that you were uh, 
a great musician in your younger days and a fine, fine singer. I wasn't much of a musician, you understand. <laughs> but I wasn't, am yet, a great singer. Okay. <laughs> so I was saying what I can remember before I go into court. Just get rid of you guys. <laughs> Because it does, it begins with, with you know, him guy, him guy getting coaxed to do to sing yeah. the song, and, yeah. then, and then it just jumps and it, it's a fun song. That was that was a one of the highlights for me. Um, another one, I mean, "Free Yourself" is a great song. Um, anything that Emma sang, I just love. Yeah, anything Emma sang. <laughs> yeah, like I said, if a song got good, I would have Emma come uh, come and sing. Yeah.
There was, she's fantastic. Um, she's on a mission right now for the Mormon Church. So, oh, is she? Yeah. Where's and, she at? Um, Sweden. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. She's actually a Swedish citizen. Her mom was Swedish, and got, she got dual citizenship. That's, you know, Elias is, uh, was born in Sweden. Oh. So that's, you know, we got a lot of Swedish connections on this podcast. There you go. <laughs> um, and then Macy, who I know Macy. And so hearing yeah. her sing Fighting For It All, that was just, that was a hilarious tune. Yeah. That was a great tune. That was fun. It was fun, but that was hard because I had this concept going. I brought Macy in. Oh, by, by the way, Macy sings that song um, with my friend, uh, my friend, my cousin. Also my friend, I mean, he's a great guy, uh, Tyler, um, Tyler Wright. And they have never met each other. <laughs> That's, that was pretty remarkable. They're not even in the same room. <laughs> Nor, by the way, should I add, are they in the same key? Because they couldn't sing in the same key. And so I had to pitch. Had to pitch it. M- M- Macy sang it lower. Uh-huh. And then I raised her voice. Yeah. To match Tyler. So That's... because we couldn't, she couldn't hit those. She couldn't belt it. She could hit those notes, but she couldn't get it quite right. And so we just pitched it down and then pitched her back up, which was, I mean, I don't know. That was a, I'm I'm just glad that song turned out. Today, I pledge my world to you. To have, to hold, to see us through. The joy, the pain, the in-between. Even when you're me. to rhyme with between. Well, you could have used lean or keen or spleen. I do love your spleen. Thank you. Oh, we're fighting for it all. We're fighting the long haul. Through skimming cream, I'll be your dream and catch you when you fall. And I'll be there for you. I'll buy you thrills and pay the bills when they are overdue. But you won't wait till they're overdue, right? Oh, uh, no, I, I was just saying. <sighs> I think I better handle the bills. Good idea. Just can't wait to see how cute our kids will be. And with your looks and my textbooks, it seems a guarantee that they will make us proud. And with their eyes, they'll hypnotize, do things they're not allowed. You're gonna have to be firm with the kids, though. Bring it, baby. Yeah, right, softy. It was, it was great, and, and it was a great tune to listen to, and, and the concept was pretty funny. It was, it was, that was a great song. Um, and that's interesting to hear how they, um, how you did that, because um, I would not have guessed that. That was a pretty... So, so yeah, so Tyler's uh, brother, who's also a great singer, uh, um, Carson, uh, Car- I went down there and had Tyler sing it first and Carson sang Macy's part. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I should put that recording out somewhere. This is great. <laughs> and he be- does his, his best, you know, rec- uh, as a woman. It's just very funny. <laughs> and um, and then I came back because he had to have someone to sing to. And then I had Macy sing, you know, I played Carson's part and said, it's got to kind of go like this. <laughs> And she did a great job. She did a great job. Oh, that's fun. That is awesome. Well, you did bring your keyboard. and uh... I did. And, 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 you know, my reason for bringing the keyboard was I thought to myself, you know, what? Let's. I'm, I'm trying to, I, I thought, well, maybe um, there'll be a listener who says, uh, I want to learn how to be a hack musician, right? Uh-huh. How to, how to do that. And I, 
I have taught a number of people uh, what I call the 15-minute um, music lesson. I can teach you everything, Mike, that I know in less than 15 minutes. No way. Yeah. And, right. I, and, I, know, and I know nothing more than that. And I was able to produce this entire <laughs> album and all these songs. Well, okay. that's called creative limitation. I love it. Let's see if I can do all right, it. This, this all right. So this is, this is what I'm doing Let's now. make sure you, we have some level. Yeah, I got a little level here. You hear right. that? Yep, we can hear that. Just, okay, I did bring in a little keyboard. And this is a, this is a um, Hammond SK-1, so it's mostly an organ, but it has a little piano sound in it. All right, so so you you go with me on this thing, and I this is this would probably go better on YouTube, or somebody can actually see right. the keyboard, right? <laughs> but you know, let's suppose you have a little bit of musical background, you understand that you know the, the the scale, right? Which would be the the C scale, right? right. It's pretty simple, right? Like I said, I do everything in C, I so <laughs> that's how, how we're gonna start. What else, what else would it be? Come on. But what I learned from a, a, a while back in a, in a book that I read, in fact, I actually brought that book here because I couldn't remember exactly how it worked. Um, it is a book called Lies My Music Teacher Told Me, and I picked this up somewhere. And basically what happens, if, if I take a string uh -huh. and I pluck it, I tighten it, and then I pluck it, right. Right? I'll get a, 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 a note. Uh -huh. right? Okay, let's say it's a C. Right. If I cut it in half, right, I yeah. will get an C octave. The octave higher, yeah. Right? But if I cut into thirds, what do I get? I get a fifth. Yep. I get a fifth, so I go half, fifth, fifth, and then from a fifth, I'm back into fourth, which is basically another octave. Right. And from there, if I cut it into um, fifths, I get the third. Right. And then from the third on up, that's why I brought the book. I can't remember what happens after that. Oh, I lost a... Uh-oh. I lost a... Um, I think it's just in the headphones. Oh, just in the headphones? Yeah. Okay. I have it in the left ear. Do too. Let's just make sure I'm getting, getting, getting both. Okay, it's good. Yeah, so we're sorry. Okay. So after that, I had to bring my book because I cheated after after the uh, <laughs> after that, and and uh, I don't even remember uh, what they were, but I saw them in this book last night when I was getting ready. So this actually, this is the bonus section here. Uh, if, if you, you had if, to go all the way to the bonus section to get the good stuff. I know. Well, <laughs> and this is the writer. bonus section of my 15 minutes. So when you go up from there, then you get, oh, I should have put a piece of paper in here. Hold on. I'm going to have to cut this. It's okay. We're going to have to cut some stuff anyway. Okay, this, good. Yeah. Okay, here we go. So after the the C and the G and back to the C and then to the G again, and you, you end up with uh, some other notes. You get a B flat in there. Right. And you get an F sharp. And you will get the D and E as well, a D up there to do, and eventually an A. But those are way up high. So um, what you find out is that music has a relationship, and it's not just convention. It's not like, oh, we've just been doing this for years. This is the way it goes. That, that, that this note, C, and the fifth, mm -hmm. share, share something that's not just uh, something we're, we've learned to like, okay, that yeah. harmonically... These are vibrated in a way that go together, okay? While A and B harmonically do not go together. Right. Right? But these go together, and then so does the third eventually. And then from there, things like the seventh start to go with there as well. And then eventually maybe an E flat will go into that kind of area. And then so, so you learn pretty quickly when you're playing in C, 
you've got a C chord, you got an F chord, and a G chord, which is the standard rock and roll three chords. Yeah. But then you've also got a seventh you can add. You could also add, like I said, the E flat, and maybe even the B flat, or the A minor. Uh -huh. Okay. So these become then the tools that you work with pretty much on every song. And if you're if you download the classic rock song that you're going to play, you're going to find mostly the one, four, and five, and you're going to find some of these other chords occasionally in there as well. But I guess the thing I wanted to say is it, they're related by vibration. Right. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And I th I've, I've heard a theory similar to that where, where the, the reason why things sound dissonant versus consonant, right. you know, the, the difference between the, hearing that major fifth sound um, or the perfect fifth sound versus like the that that second sound where you have the C against the D sharp, right? Um, is because the ratio between those strings, as you say, are so. They're, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, they're they're not. It's a mathematical term. They 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 don't go into each other <laughs> easily. Right. right. You know the the ratios are are strange. They don't have the same factor. You can't factor that, them together. Like right. You can. Yeah. Right. And so the that, closer they are, the hard the yeah the harder it is to get them to play together. Well, and like what you said, it's the, the point is like that that C against the D sharp in the real world world those overtones are like three octaves higher. Right. Right. Those you're, exactly they would be up here like. And actually, yeah. those go together a lot more. Or these yeah. notes go together a lot more the farther the way apart they are from each other because right. they become an overtone of this. Yeah, exactly. The that, yeah. And by the way, that's a great insight. I hadn't thought of it exactly that way, but why does it sound better further away is because of that very fact. It, yeah. So that's the number. The first thing that I tell people is you have to understand that music is based on vibrations and yeah. that you're working with those vibrations. So the next thing I tell them is if you take a standard scale... Okay, and then we we add those that three and the five chord to uh -huh. it, the 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 E and the uh, G in this case, and we make and we make a triad, which is very simple. I mean, it's got to be elementary as it gets for music. Right. If we take that and we go up the scale, what we find is there's only three chords that are major. So those become the three, the 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 the, the chords for which most of rock and roll is built on. Right. right. And then I don't know how to explain the next part. Okay. And that is the blues scale that goes with it. And so if you have the blues scale, it is simply a C, uh -huh. an E flat, an F, followed by a G. Although maybe this flatted, right, the flatted uh, G, and then up here to the. B flat. Right. And that is pretty much it. So what I've done to play in a band is that when it's your turn to solo, then what you do So what you do is you it's just the same scale and as long as you only hit those notes That's, that's what you play. That's fantastic. And that's all you have to do. Yeah. And and you can use that pretty much for anything when if it's your solo time. Now, the problem with music is there's theory and then there's practice. And on some songs, that won't work. Right. And you only know that because you tried it. Right? <laughs> and it didn't work when you tried it. And oh, have we tried it. But generally, in in yeah, it's the first thing you try. And when that doesn't work, you try to go to the relative minor. Uh-huh. 
because the relative minor would be uh, the same white keys and starting with A. Right. So and some songs are that way, and so then you have to try to play the blues scale in a different key, yeah. basically, to try to do it. If that doesn't work, then you've got to you're, you're going to have to try something else and keep searching around for whatever might work with whatever it is you're playing. Right. Right? Usually, you're safe if you play the 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 notes in the chord, but not right, all, you know, but, but but not always, not always, you know. Which is interesting to me that that the C and the F and the G don't ever actually go with the blues scale in a, in a way, but. I, um, it seems to work, which brings me to the next thing yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. And that is, is that having things work together, okay, and be, you know, uh, nice, like a C and an F chord and a G chord, that's not always what you want. Right. Right? Sometimes you want to play the pull against the other one, right? So if I'm going to play a, a triad in C, well, I might take this second note and move it up and put it up here. Now, is that dissonant? Kinda, not as dissonant as this. Right. Okay, but it's there. But it wants to pull me into there. Right. right? So what you learn is, is that as you're playing these songs and you're playing in a rock band, that you can add stuff appropriately yep. or give those a try or add that seventh and add it up there or, you know, just do... You know, you can, you do that stuff, right? Yeah. And then you go, if that works, then you do it, which brings me to my next principle. And that is, if you like it, do it again. If you don't like it, don't ever do that again. <laughs> right. Because that's, that's the driving principle behind most that's music, right. right? And some, somebody was telling me the other day, says, Mark, you, you, you that, that sounds just like you. And I said, well, who else is it going to sound like? It has to sound like me because I am the gatekeeper for my mm -hmm. own music, right? Right. I decide what stays and what goes. Well, if like if I liked that, I would do it over and over again. If I didn't like that, I would cut it. Exactly. Yeah, it's like your, your voice sounds like you, right? Like I, I right. know you by how you talk, your well, syntax. What else can you do? <laughs> I know that's, that's all you have. I don't have a choice to be somebody else. That isn't, <laughs> right. isn't, isn't allowed. And all I can do is judge whether I liked something or not like that. Now, right. this is the problem with young musicians is because they begin to like everything that they do and that they haven't really developed a lot of taste. So it's hard when you go to play it for somebody else because then they're gonna say, eh, it really wasn't that great, right? Yeah. Which requires you to listen to a lot of music, try to things out, uh, and mature in your music a little bit. Right. Which is always that other interesting thing, and that is, are you, you have to be excited enough to stay in the game, you know, but oh, you also have key. to be open enough to realize that you're not that great. Right. That, that humility is like it's a... How, it's a dance, right? <laughs> it is. Because as soon as you feel like, oh, I suck, you quit. Right. But it's like, I'm pretty good if you think you're really good, but you oh, think trust you're me, too I've, good... I've quit a hundred times. <laughs> yeah, but if you think you're too good, then you'll never learn. Right. So it's yep. this... I don't know. It's, it's That's a that's a difficult one. That's the, that's the I, you know, always being having one foot in chaos and one foot in order. <laughs> you know, that... <laughs> right. So when I have somebody, I'm teaching the piano, I will play down here some kind of, um, usually not that, I'll usually play, what do I usually play? It's, uh, some sing. So I'll play that and then have them play over the top. Now they don't play like this. They play...
What, what, and, but that's fine. That's your starting out, right? But trust me, if you every day, and by the way, playing this, like this, whole lot more fun than going. <laughs> oh, way to, better. When I learned the blues scale, it changed my life. Yeah. Um, it really did because, and I remember where I was. I was sitting, I was playing, and I play, and I, and I'm trained classically. That's how I, I learned. Um, I was, but I was in a music shop with a, a buddy of mine, and another friend of mine showed up. And he's like, "Hey, do you know the blues scale?" And I'm like, "No." And he goes, "Okay, here it is." And he taught me the blues scale yeah. and C. He said, "Okay, it's a triangle, two triangles with a stick in the middle." Yeah, pretty much. He's like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, I got it." All right. And so he's playing this. I'm like, "Dude, I sound like a rock star." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And what I tell people is now you know how those people who are totally strung out on drugs were able to create great music. Right. Yeah. They knew the three chords yeah. and the blues scale. That's and what they knew. And they knew, you're right. No, that's exactly right. And then, and again, it's that um, create, creative limitation, you know? Yeah. When you know that that works, then you can slowly expand that out, slowly add, okay, what if I added the, right. the major seventh or something, you know? Exactly. Or the flat third. Yeah, yep. and then you can go where you're adding the the the, the fourth chord into the what is basically the root of the, right the four of the four other chord. kind of thing. So you're pulling off up left. You're you're doing things that are yeah that are that are dancing around the core if that right. makes sense. And and then again, if you like it, you stick with it. If you don't like it, then you you try something else. <laughs> That's the old jazz joke, you know. If if you play. Uh, if you play something wrong, just play it again, and exactly. they'll think you did it on purpose. I've done that. I've done that. You're you're in there. You play something wrong. Come back at it. Come back at it. Come back at it. Nail on that thing, and tell people think, wow, that guy's really good. You That's know? right. I have I've actually. That was a very creative lick. Exactly. There. All right. I got I got one other thing to teach you. Yeah. And that is a tritone. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So so a tritone is halfway between the chord, is that chord, and it's not the most pleasing sound. Uh -huh. In the world, and as you go down, all all the whoops, those those are to to in my mind generally to be avoided. Okay, right. So what you want to do, there are two things I've learned from the tritone. Is if you're playing a certain kind of music, stay away from them because they are separate from each other. And mostly, if I take if I take song across the chords just at random, right. I can come up with, it's pretty pleasing if you space them out, but if you space them out across the, the tritone, it gets a little weird. Yeah. Okay. So, and that's the one to be avoided unless you want to go the other way and then not avoid it, which would be my um, companion class on jazz. So jazz to me. All right. Oh yeah. Jazz to me. And I, I could be wrong on this, but jazz is. Uh, basically all about the tritone. Because if I take a tritone... Wait, where am I? Let's find my tritone here. If this is my tritone, okay? Uh-huh. That doesn't sound very good. What note doesn't go with that? What note does not go with yeah. that? What, what note could I add that doesn't go with that? No, nothing I add makes it worse. Right. So if I have a tritone... In my music, in playing jazz, <laughs> there isn't a note up here in the right hand. It's all gonna sound. Better. It's all gonna sound great yeah. or better. It's gonna make it sound better. <laughs> so I learned these chords for jazz. Okay, uh -huh. you start with this one. There's no tritone in it. 
but I can play anything up here. Right. I can play anything in my right hand that I want that will go with this. And this is my next chord, which has has that tritone in it. Yep. I can play anything. Yeah. Anything in jazz, because anything will go with that note. Yeah. And as long as my next, and then I have this be my next chord, and then off to the last chord, also have tritone with a little resolve in it. And I have an, uh, a song called "Tickling the Plastic" on this. On I listen. This. Yeah, I yeah. heard that. That was. And basically, good. It, it it came because somebody taught me that. Taught me that very good. And I said, "Real." Uh, so so what you're telling me is that for certain types of jazz piano, I I can literally play anything, anything. I want. <laughs> That's and that's right. super free. Yeah. Because you can't do anything you want in a lot of other music, right? No, absolutely. And that that is the nice thing about jazz. And when I when I teach uh the beginnings of jazz, you know, that two five one, things like that, that where um all you gotta do is just play anything. All you gotta do is learn how it's supposed to sound. And if and if you listen to enough jazz, and if you listen to what people are doing, it'll come naturally. It's like a natural expression. Yeah. Um well, I'm not a great jazz player. And I wish I were. I've known some, and it is pretty amazing what people can do. Oh, it is. But it seems to me that, that, that as a hack, if you want to play something that sounds jazzy, play a tritone in your left rule. hand and anything you want in your right hand. <laughs> you can get just about anywhere. You yeah. get 80% to where you need to exactly. be. Exactly. <laughs> you can look like you're way better than you are, which is the basis of my entire life trying <laughs> trying to look like i'm better than i really am well let me go i have another th- uh, finish my lesson here yeah yeah okay so now this is i want to talk about um the the tone itself okay right? so i have this this uh, keyboard that i have it emulates a hammond b3 organ right right so if i take um all the let me see if i can get rid of the the little clicking noise that's on the top so if i take everything off i Pretty much got everything. If you can see a little bit, oh, yeah. So this is this is an organ uh-huh. with all the stops in, so there's nothing being sounded, right? Okay. So the first thing that happens, I'll play up high here. I'll get, I can get the organ sound. I'll play one note. I got my Leslie going here. I'll turn that off too. Get down that here, and then there's each, your. Now this is an octave. Right. Right. So what they've done here is that this one note is actually like playing octaves on a piano, right? We pull in another one. What's that? There's your fifth. I guess my fifth. Yep. So what they're doing is that I have a, a song. Now, if I if I played this note, you would say, oh, that's a C. Right. Right. But it's not. It's a chord. It's a it's a power chord, actually. It's a it's a one and a five. Yeah. But the five is down in the mix. If I turn the others down, you can hear it. There it More. is. It's actually it's a if I turn it all the way off. That's the note. And then I add. This is a fourth, I think. Yeah. And there's another fifth. So when I have the organ stop. I'm playing, I'm not playing a single notes. Go deep purple. There, 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 there are a lot of notes in there. Right. And it's not just my one note. And the reason you have to know that is, is because you're trying to get all these things to play together. Right. Yeah. And so you have to kind of know. Well, is my tone full of overtones? Is it really a chord? And if it is really a chord, then it can be a little more sparse than uh-huh. than, uh, than otherwise. Yeah. And then the other thing you want to do is try to leave room. Just like I don't play with my right and my left hand. I don't play any bass notes. That's for the bass player. 
you got to leave room for everything and you got to leave room in your space and you can't be playing in this range oops give me thing. You can't be playing in this range while somebody's singing right you can play in this range or you can be down here you can be playing right down here while they're singing because their voice is going to be up in the other range. Or if you're right in that heart of that voice. Yeah. And so the next thing you have to learn to make music is is the spectrum of, you know, high sounds and low sounds. A lot of people get in their car and they just crank the bass and treble up on their <laughs> in their car right. and say, well, that sounds really good because I like a lot of bass and mix. treble. Huh? You know what I'm talking about. I do. Yeah. But um, th those things mean something. And you got to try to, if you want to spread out your... And this is probably the hardest thing, and the thing I'm not sure I did as well on my album that I wish I had, is spreading those things out and getting everybody at space. Because I like to throw a lot of stuff in. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does make sense. And I like to do that too. And it's hard to, to learn. Uh, and also, when you, especially when you're doing a mix, for example, and, and you have this beautiful organ sound. Yeah. And you're like, I love that sound. And then exactly. you realize like in the mix, you've got to thin it out. And you're just like, I don't want to thin it out. I love how that sounds, but you realize it's just it's gotta it's gotta come down in order for other things that, that are more important to come through. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's it. Well, and guess what? You now know everything I know about music. <laughs> like that's it. Well the well, again, there's one thing to know it and there's one thing to another thing to do it. <laughs> Yeah, but doing it is so much fun. It is fun. That's the that's the thing that that I I look at people who study a classical piano and try to play it back, and I'm sure there's some joy in that. But there's so much more instant gratification in 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 just playing and and developing you know what what you love to do. And again, what, whatever music you make is going to be different than the music that I made. Right. Which makes, brings me to a question. Yeah. I, I listened to a song that you just uh, recorded and put out on there. Yeah. Um, uh, Daddy wears a dress skirt. <laughs> Daddy wears a dress skirt. Yeah. yeah. Or Daddy yeah. wears a short skirt. Oh, shirts, short skirt? Short skirt, yeah. Or maybe it is dress skirt. I think it's his dress skirt. Maybe it is dress skirt. <laughs> I yeah. can't remember my own songs. Well, there's short skirt in it. Yeah, uh, that's, that's in the true. lyrics. That's true. Yeah, Okay. And I, 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 Mike, um, this is when I knew we'd be friends because, I, is it, okay, this is a little out there. Daddy wears a dress skirt. She likes to see himself on TV. Can't you see Daddy wears a short dress skirt? She likes to hear himself on the stream. Daddy's so silly, she thinks only he can make a scene. There you stand, there you stand in that big old fancy tie. That you and only you can turn back the tide Say do or don't, I don't care Just as long as you stay inside Like the rest of us Essential is as essential does We all know what that means Essential is the booze we drive through to forget about our dreams. 
Yes, daddy will find you for those sorts of things Cause daddy wears a dress skirt She likes to see himself on TV They're a lot of fun to be around and play and, and just hang out with. Um, good times. Yeah, it's just it's just so much fun. It's just so much fun to do. And and um, you know, get yourself out of yourself too. I mean, you, you know, you got to get you know, you get out of the house. You go. You meet your friends. You go do something. Yeah. You set up. You. You know, you high five each other. I, I don't know if you can do that anymore. Can we high five each other? <laughs> Probably not. Fist bump, fist bump or, or elbow bump elbow or something. Bump. <laughs> but no, no, it's fantastic. It it's is fantastic. It's good. Now, tell me about your bands. Like you, so you played with your brother. I played with my brother, and they, that they're they're all. It's kind of a geriatric band now. My brother's turned seventy one here, and when he when he turned seventy, we kind of retired and we rented a hall and did a big last concert and. And I suspect it's going to be a lot of like a lot of last concerts. I suspect that pretty soon they're all going to want to get together and do another last concert. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just fun. It's just fun. I played with my brother, and then he, his uh, mission companion that he had, uh, Dave Phillips, and then uh, my cousin uh, Jeff Arnett, who also teaches uh, m- music here to uh, in town, and. Um, Oh, and then our drummer, who used to be this, you know, it was the young guy in the band, and now he's an old man. And they're just, it's just, it's just so interesting. Um, you know, speaking of old man, I, I'm I'm standing here not being able to remember his name. Isn't that embarrassing? You ever do, oh, is that happening to you yet? I think I just did it. And this is a guy that I know and love really well. Yeah. It's going to come to me as soon as I oh, stop thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's, that's. I know his face. I know he played on the, my album. I could probably, if you give me that album, yeah. I'll, write, I'll tell you his Let's name. Let's get it right. Isn't that embarrassing? You're going to cut this out because this is too embarrassing for me, for I'll, sure. We'll, we'll definitely do some editing here. We'll, we'll yeah. put in one of your tunes. <laughs> Glenn Adams. Glenn Adams is Glenn his Adam. name. And um, Glenn is fantastic. Glenn, you were runner. not forgotten. Just wanted to let you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, Glenn is um, just, he's just, you know, that's the other thing. When you find musicians to play with, you find people who are good at playing with each other. I would say to any young musician, if you are sitting in your house and playing your guitar by yourself, you're probably not preparing yourself to be in a band. You got to play to something. You got to play to a trick, uh, a trick, a trick, a click track or to a drum beat or to something or a metronome or something that will keep you on beat because the hardest thing for people who don't play in a band who get to a band is staying on beat because the beat is in their head, and if the beat is in your head, it's it's fluid. Your 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 head is not well, going to keep you on track. Which and then if you're only playing to a click track, you need to play with other people because they don't play. <laughs> they don't uh, play yeah, it. they don't play perfectly <laughs> right. either. And yeah. you got to learn how to listen, how to play with other people that yeah, way. And you you do, but a, a click track would get oh. you, bring you a long way. Again, that gets you eighty five percent of the way there. Exactly, <laughs> you'd be ready to start playing with the with the band at that moment. Yeah, but if you could, uh, so I I would stress the other that great as well. thing about playing with a band that that I love is people bring in all their other, um, all their culture to it. Like yeah. Um, you know, Todd will come in and come up with these just amazing, like, sax tunes that, that I would have never said, hey, let's play this tune, you know. 
Um, and, and Patrick comes in with some Motown stuff or right. something, you know, and I'm like, oh man, yeah, we need to do. So everybody kind of brings everything to yeah, the Yeah, it table. becomes political because you want everyone to be happy. Yeah. Because the other thing you don't want to have in a band is to uh, ride on people so much that they quit. Right? Yeah. Because they, they need, you need to understand that everybody in that band has to get out of it what you're getting out of it, which is joy. Yeah. And if they're not, then they're not going to show. They're not going to show up. <laughs> yeah. For sure. And if they, and if they do, they'll come forever. I mean, uh, these bands have been playing the, the band in uh, my neighborhood. It's been, uh, yeah, over 30 years. Oh, that's fantastic. They're still playing that's, when they can. We're not playing right now during the COVID, but you know, we, uh, um, it, it reminds me, we, and, and there's, there's not enough live music. We, I grew up in Northern California. One of my favorite memories of all time is every pioneer day. We would have a, a huge steak pioneer party, and so, um, so for those of you who aren't members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, one of the days we celebrate is July twenty fourth. Fourth, right? And right. and that's the day that that the, which is a state holiday in Utah. Is, that's by right, the way. state holiday in Utah. Yeah, and uh, it's the day that they came across and and founded Utah, essentially. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so we would have you know these day these this party where we'd get together and. And and a lot of lot of uh, neighbor, not just members of the church, we all get together. We'd have these little you know per, pioneer parades. The kids would walk around in their pioneer costumes and stuff. But my favorite part was that at the end of the day, we'd have a um, uh, this family band would come and play, and they they would play. We'd play till you know eleven midnight, which is a, late for a which a is late, saying, right? Yeah, for sure, yeah. <laughs> for sure. It was all outside, and we and it would we would just have a big dance party. So you'd have these like. You know, 80 year old grandmothers dancing with these, you know, seven year old kids. And just it was a yeah. party playing all these this great music. And, um, you know, I I miss a lot of that. It'd be we need more of that, I think. Yeah. No. Um, uh, yeah. I, I think that um, music has been I've had a lot of hobbies over the years. And uh, like I'll get into something like I didn't take a physics class in college or high school. So I bought a physics book and I spent a couple of months studying physics and it was fun and I put it away. Um, and then I took up music at one point and I have not been able to put it away. I, it, 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 it uh, I think Ray Charles once said, just when you think you've licked it, it will beat you. <laughs> I think this is a quote from him. I may be misquoting him, but I remember. Just well, it's thinking, a great quote. So it's pretty good because <laughs> it seems so like that's right. When you think you've got it down, you realize you don't, you don't really have it. It's elusive. You can spend your entire life on it. Um, as many, many people have. Yep. Uh, but I, my, you know, message is you don't actually have to spend all your life on it to get a, a tremendous amount out of it if you want to. Now, if you're going to play the guitar, it's a little harder because you to actually strum a chord and make it sound decent takes a little dexterity and it takes a little while to get there. But I'm telling you, that's just one finger. One finger. It, my seven-year-old can do that. Well, my seven-year-old grandchild, I, by the way, I'm, I am an old man. But I'm just saying that if, if you... Um, you know, if, if, I mean, you're not, it's harder on some instruments than others. Certainly violin is one of those that, you know, you better start early and get after it and put in all your right. time or whatever else is. But if you want to hack your way through um, a keyboard, some good software, a nice microphone, and you can make all kinds of music that pleases you. All kinds of fun sounds. That is for sure. And that is a great message because it is, it, it, you know, whether you're stuck inside and because of what's going on in COVID, you know, it's something that you can get a lot of joy out of. And, um, and I would encourage take these lessons that we've learned from, from Dr. Arnett today. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty-
Professor That's Arnett. Uh. <laughs> and yeah, put him to use. I mean, it's really it's it's it is simple. It's as simple and as complicated as you want to make it. Yeah, that's true. That's good. You know? Well put. So, well, check here. I think. Is there anything else you want to add? No, I think I think it's a good way to end it. Man, I, Mark, I, I do want to just thank you for being on the show. It has been a blast. I've had a blast with you, and and uh, let's do it again. Let's do it. And when we do, let's jam together. Let's get some other people together, and let's just have a little jam session because that's always fun too. I'm all for that. That would be. And fun. We'll record that. <laughs> that yeah, that's that, great. That'd be fun. All right. Well, this is and if love remains. Thanks for taking a listen. Um, check out Mark's podcast, Story Babble. Story Babble. At storybabble.com if you want to go there. That, there we work. go. Storybabble.com. Um, you can probably email him to get his album, Sugar Cube. So when did this come out? Um, a year ago last summer. Okay. I think so. Or two years. I guess it's been two years now. It's been a it's, man. Now it seems like it's old old news now suddenly. <laughs> uh, whatever. I did. I pressed it to CD and my, and my son-in-law said, wow, CD. Did you want me to fax you a request to get that? <laughs> I just, you know, I'm like, okay, all right. I know, but in my mind, I was a kid. I wanted to make a CD, That's and now the, I made a CD, right? right? Well, but now you, you can need to make a vinyl. Digital. Digital. I, you know, I actually thought about that. You can do that. <laughs> do that. And they'll, they'll make a run for a few hundred bucks, and I am that vain that oh. I might I might actually press it to vinyl just I, for fun. I think that would be, you know, it's back in style. I know. You probably sell a few of those. Oh, I don't know. I'd have, <laughs> I have a stack in my in my den. But That's yeah. awesome. Hey, thanks for having me on. Oh, Mike. no problem. Oh, and then also I did want to mention your your um your documentary. How can people find that? Go to markarnettfilms.com and you can watch it for free. It's uh, see now we're opening a whole new can of worms. Uh, I uh, similar to music, I said I want to make a documentary film about my father, but I wanted to make it my own way. And I ended up taking 14 years of my life to make that. And I finally got it out. And then I went around to a bunch of festivals, won a bunch of awards and oh, stuff. Great. That was in 2008. And I, and that was one of the things I couldn't finish. I, I kept trying to finish it. Couldn't finish it. Couldn't finish it. My dad passed away and I finished it in eight days. <laughs> yeah. And showed it at his funeral. Oh, wow. So that's what that movie's all about. And oh, man. It's pretty funny. It's hard for me to watch it because, again, it's a process. You you start not knowing what you're going to do. Just sort of a little bit like this podcast. I mean, you're, you're not very far into your podcast. No, it's yeah. brand new for me. So when we started our podcast, it's a, it, you know, you just dive in. Right. And then over time, you'll figure out what what it is. You'll, yeah. you'll, you'll, the, the, the theme will rise and you'll say, you know what? This is what I'm best at. This is what's good. And just like music, you play and play things you like, you keep the things you don't like, you throw them out. There Wait, you go. We've come full circle. There's the philosophy. I love it. Thank you, Mark. And thanks for your encouragement. I appreciate it. Thanks for being on the show. Let's no do problem. it again. Love it. Thanks so much. Take care.